say poetic justice. Really? Mm -hmm. I would have to say, because I know she's she's done, how, why did I get married? And then why did I get married too? And then she did four colored girls. the four colored girls. Um, but I would say that it would have to be poetic justice. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. What was it about that character that you related with? Well, first of all, her braids were just slamming. Them poets really? just braids. I just loved her. Like literally people still say, they call them yes, poetic justice braids. Yes, they are poetic justice braids. Like you can go to any black hair like salon and say, give me the poetic justice special. And they will know, they don't need to see a picture. Like they know it's the big box braids, right? That are kind of big and squared, right? Yeah. What's up everybody? I'm Danielle. And I'm Will. And this is the Treble Without a Pause podcast, where we humanize some of our favorite artists. Whether they're singers or actors or just in the public eye, we're going to show them some love. Give them the flowers they're due. So rock with us. It's the Treble Without a Pause podcast. Let's go. Janet Jackson. Icon. Yep. Actor. Actress. Singer. Um, producer, producer, legend, dancer, legend in her own time. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you know about Janet Jackson. What do I know about Janet Jackson? I will say that coming up in the 80s as a black girl in a predominantly white neighborhood, she was one of the few women that I had to look up to that looked like me. Um, she was sassy. She was a com almost a complete opposite of Whitney Houston, who was another person that I grew up with, right? Like Janet was kind of like your girl next door, but she could dance, she could sing, and she was part of a huge dynasty that everybody knew about. Janet Demita Joe Jackson, mm -hmm. uh, born May 16th, uh, 1966. She is 55 years old this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, she is the 10th and youngest child of the Jackson clan, mm -hmm. the famous Jacksons. Uh, she has sold one over 100 million records Shut your mouth. throughout her career. She was inducted in 2019 into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, she holds the record for most consecutive top 10 entries on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 with 18. Um, her earliest performance, and it's kind of ironic because mm -hmm. we are here in Vegas, her <laughs> earliest performance was at the MGM Casino at seven years old mm -hmm. with her brothers. Um, her first acting gig was on the Jackson Variety Show uh, back in 1976. Yes. 11 studio albums. Um, Janet Jackson in 1982, uh, Dream Street in 1984, Dream Street. Uh, the, the, the album that, that put her on the map for you, Control, in 1986. And then she went on with Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation in 89, uh, Janet in 1993, The Velvet Rope in 97, All For You in 2001, Demita Joe 2004, 20YO in 2006, uh, Discipline in 08, and her last album was in 2015, uh, entitled Unbreakable. So those are just some hard facts about Janet Jackson right off the top, mm -hmm. right? So let's let's talk more about 
that control album, right? Okay. Like how did it change your world? I mean, where do I begin? I could go on and on about that. I think, of course, the first single from that album was What Have You Done For Me Lately? And I remember, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. You're probably gonna hear that a lot about on our podcast because a lot of musical, my musical taste was developed then. And I remember that it came on the radio and I was with my mom and I just remember like that beat, that first beat that you get to it. And I was like, okay, this is, this is different. It's kind of funky. Um, but then I saw the video mm. and the song was already dope, right? The song was already amazing. Right. It had a great hook. What have you done for me lately? Like when you think about a lyric, <laughs> some of the greatest lyrics of all time. I'm what sorry, what, how old were you? you said, this time? <laughs> Let's see, this was, it was 86 when yeah, it came out. Sure. So I was 11. You were 11, <laughs> worrying about what people have done for you lately. I wasn't worried, mm. but I- This I was a thing was, for you. Well. I, I thought it was, I like thought it was sassy, you know? And then my mom would start asking, like, that was like a, a, a punchline for her. Like, what have you done for me? Oh girl, you want me to um come over and do such and such? Well, what have you done for me lately? Like it became like this like catchphrase for my mom. And I mean, yeah, I was 11, I was young, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was clever. I thought it was cute. And the video, mm. that was like, we had, like I said, we had Whitney and she was kind of more the songstress in the beautiful gown, beautiful gown. And she kind of danced First a of all, bit. don't you dare do that. Because Whitney was morning dance. And <laughs> I know what true. you're talking about. That's true. Don't but you she, dare. She wasn't, Janet came on the scene and she was dancing, dancing. Okay. Like, very well. All right. Like a Jackson should. And I'm not saying she wasn't. Yes. But I will also say, <laughs> do not use the Aretha line. On our dear Whitney okay. Houston. No, no. Okay. She was more Whitney than Whitney was not known for her dancing. Let's okay. just say that. All right. Whitney was not known for her dancing. All and right. Janet, coming from the family that she came from, and being as how she got the incomparable Paula Abdul to choreograph those first few um, videos, it took it from just a cool song to kind of almost like a movement of black girl magic personified. She had the moves. She had, you know, they were in the restaurant. They had the little skits and everything. She had the, um, where everybody just got up like in a musical and started all doing the same dances. It was really refreshing and cool to see. And it was just a glimpse at what was what to come from her because her videos ended up being like, even more important than the music, right? It was like, okay, here's the Janet song, but we know that video is going to be amazing. And I think Control set that off because you had What Have You Done For Me Lately, you had Nasty, mm. you had When I Think Of You, you had Pleasure Principle, which, you know, was just wonderful. Her in this warehouse doing all this choreography, jumping off of a chair, mm -hmm. like, come on, like she, she gave it all. So control was kind of like where you knew, okay, she's going to be that other Jackson that we're going to be. So at to. 11 years old, yes, you knew yeah. that girl's got something. <laughs> yes. The one that was older than you, yes. you're saying to the world, 
that Janet Jackson. Mm -hmm. Now I want the audience to know that uh, you know, they probably can't see us, you know, because we're recording this uh via audio, but I want you to know that with everything that Janet has done throughout her career, I, I would like them to know that your go-to dance for Janet Jackson is the snake. Like you're going side <laughs> to side. You're not doing the pleasure principle, no, you're not doing rhythm nation, no. you are doing the snake every time you yes. talk about Janet dancing. Yes. People need to know that. People yes. need to know that. All right, please continue. Yeah, so Control was, it was that album where I was finding my blackness. Like there was a girl on the scene, a woman on the scene who looked like me, who could dance, who could go in the hood and have like respect there, you know, and could go into Hollywood and have respect there. Um, that I, I noticed that right away. Like she is like me where I was kind of chameleon at that time. I grew up in a mostly white neighborhood, so I had to blend in with them. Mm -hmm. But then I would have to come home for uh, to St. Louis on summer break in a predominantly black neighborhood and had to blend in with them too. So it was kind of like Janet was like the best of both worlds, you know, in, in entertainment. And then for me, it became someone to look up to for that reason. Okay, so I could just picture 11 year old you mm -hmm. going home in the summer, right to St. Louis. And and doing the dances that you yes. learned from the videos. Yeah. So you did you get the rest of the family into Janet like you were? <laughs> no. no. But my cousin will always, and, and I think he's told you the story. But I would do uh, the choreography to Missy Much and Rhythm Nation, and I knew it. Like I knew the choreography. I could count it down. I had the five, four, three, two. Like I would count it down in my he would like, oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. And I'd be like, sit down. <laughs> I moved furniture so I had enough space to do the choreography. So she, it was like she was just that girl for me. Like I aspired to be like her. I aspired to dance like her. She was pretty, but she was down. And she seemed to be like, although, you know, I didn't never meet her or anything like that, but approachable. She was like the round the way girl before there was an around the way girl. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was Janet for me. Now you seem to to be, uh, you know, you you consume music a lot, right? Yes, absolutely. So how did, how did Janet Jackson throughout the years, it doesn't have to be just when you were 11 doing the snake all the time. <laughs> when, how did Janet affect how you consume music? I feel like Janet, starting with Control, that's when I started reading like the album covers um, and the what do you, what do you call the it? liner notes. the liner notes. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to know what what she was saying because there were some lyrics that I didn't necessarily know. So Janet kind of made me from just enjoying the music to also taking a peek behind the curtain of how that music was done. I remember seeing um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and just saying, okay. Um, the sound has a lot to do with them and their, their producers. So seeing them on the scene, um, reading the lyrics. Um, I even remember seeing on the Control album in 1814, she had Joe Jackson listed as one of her managers. And mm -hmm. I remember, you know, I didn't know a lot about Joe Jackson back then, but I, I there was some, some word on the street and just wondering how, okay, she's talking about control and severing ties. And I, yes, I was 11, cause you're gonna say, so you were 11 listen, thinking this. Listen. But I was 11 and like, okay, she's saying she's in control and she's got this whole video and this whole 
everything, but she still got her dad as the manager. Um, but I learned later it was because she wanted to make sure that he got a piece. He wasn't managing her at all, but she wanted to make sure that he got some proceeds from the album because she had been signed to him for so many years and 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 wanted him to have that royalty rate, but he was not managing her. So that was just little things um, I saw. Um, she also made me look at like aesthetics. So before then, I really wasn't trying to be the black girl. Like I was just trying to blend into my surroundings. But after seeing her and her videos and her hair and her style, you know, the black jeans, especially in like a uh, pleasure principle, you know, she had the black guest jeans and the crop top, uh, Jean Jacket, she also had me start looking at style and how style is interpreted through music, but how a style is developed by artists. And then not only was I looking at her style, but then I started looking at other people's style too and how she was different from other people. So she just kind of started getting me thinking like she she's a visual artist like you're you're getting the musicianship but she's definitely giving it to you visually in a way that you can consume and i know a lot of that has to also do with the family that she comes from and her brother who was another visual artist as well so when you looked at janet jackson when you saw her doing her thing artistically mm -hmm. um how much of that do you think was her and what she got and how much of it was what she got from her brothers and those that came before her? Well, I could definitely say that the Janet Jackson we had on the Control album, while she did go to Minneapolis to record it and kind of got out of Havenhurst and out of Hollywood to do that album. And she was surrounded by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and was influenced by them, I'm sure, a lot. I know that that album would not have become the control that we know it as without her upbringing with the Jackson family. Um, one of the things about the Jackson family is they're very competitive and uh, it's a friendly competition, but her and Michael, you know, with control, Michael saw, okay, I finally have some competition within my family. Yeah. And I think she knew that. I think that control was her make or break album and she knew from her previous two albums that didn't do as well, she knew that this was kind of like her last ditch effort to really show the world who she was. And, um, but she, she learned a lot from just being a Jackson. She learned a lot, I'm sure, soaking up the, the, the magic that was Michael Jackson. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt that we don't, would not have control the way it is without the Jackson family being in the mix. There's just no way. Well, let me just chime in here. First of all, you're not going to sit on Dr. Michael Eric Dyson's <laughs> internet and, and not proclaim what Jermaine has brought to the family. You feel me? You're not going to sit here and say Michael didn't think that Jermaine was some competition and Janet was the first time he looked and said, oh, look, a sibling that could be better than me. Jermaine was the man back in the day. How do you do what you do? Come on now. You with me on that? I'm not with you on that. Jermaine never crossed over. <laughs> Janet was a crossover from, yeah. No? No. No. Now, Jermaine, now I will say, I'm going to give you some Jermaine. Okay. Vocally. Yes. Jermaine was, some say, a better singer than Michael. Okay. So I feel like there was competition on that front. But as far as Michael, at this time, Thriller he, Thriller was already released and was already in the Guinness Book of World Records as being, you know, the biggest selling album of all time. And after Control, I think he saw, okay, Lil Sis, 
Well, sis has something there and you can tell because bad came out after control and and when bad came out, he wasn't the thriller Michael Jackson. All of a sudden he's in the subway and he's, you know, on the record, on the album cover a little bit more urban. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Janet came out and she was that way and she was able to have everybody love her. And I think that he was like, okay, I see what my sis did. I'm gonna try that too. It, it, it didn't work the same way that it worked for Janet, but Janet was a crossover um, success. Whoa, after whoa! Control. So you're saying that even when <laughs> Tito put out the Spanish lullabies for his kids, yes. who, who became three T, all right, spit a rhyme acapella. You're telling me that Michael was not influenced by Tito crossing over to Spanish lullabies for his children. You're going to sit on Glenn Close's internet and tell me <laughs> yes. that that Michael. I am going to tell it you. Was that. It was Janet. It was Janet. All right. And if Michael was alive right now, he would tell you the same thing. All right. Let's do some more hard facts about okay. Janet. Um, you know, did, did you know that she put out a self help book uh, called True You A Journey to Finding and Loving Yourself? I did, and I have it. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, all the proceeds went to a charity of her choice. Uh, did you know? that there was a limited edition Barbie. I didn't know that. Called Divinely Janet. Mm -hmm. Again, all proceeds from that doll went to a charity. Her inspiration, her most major inspiration was Lena Horne. Mm -hmm. Her idol was Dorothy Dandridge. Yes, she wanted to play her. And Hallie ended up getting, getting that. But if you watch her 24 play video, which the song was produced by Earl Crowley. No. I don't know what that means. Really. It just doesn't <laughs> sound. Doesn't sound. Um, like word. Yeah. <laughs> on her decade uh, album, mm -hmm. um, she did a whole video in the ilk of that old glamour Hollywood Dorothy Dandridge, Dandridge black and white style, as a way to show Hollywood like I can be her. And she had the rights to it at one time, but Hallie ended up turning it into something uh, later on. But yes, I didn't know that. Um, do you? What what does it say about Janet? How did she evolve with the times? Like so, Control mm -hmm. and then Rhythm Nation. But she had like nine more albums, or sorry, seven more after that because there was two before Control. But what do you feel? Um, how do you feel Janet evolved with the times? I feel like she she had her ear to the street. I feel like, and I hate to keep bringing Michael up, but we have to. Um, Michael, I think, was kind of in a bubble. And no, oh, that was the name of him. <laughs> that was the name of Chip. Yeah. Right? Okay. But he was in a bubble and he he didn't really have this ear to the street, right? Like Michael couldn't go to the club and listen to what the people were listening to, right? Janet could do that. Janet, even after she got highly popular, was still like that girl, again, the girl around the way, where she could go to the club, she could have her ear to the street. Um, and I think she was always trying to evolve and, and trying to to up-level her, her sound. And if you listen to Control, there's definitely a difference between Control and Rhythm Nation. And then there's definitely an up-level between Rhythm Nation and Janet. And there's definitely, like, there's, it, she just kept getting better and better. And she tried not to stay, even though she was oftentimes still using the same producer, i.e. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, she still tried to bring newness to the scene, you know, and new people like, you know, she, she, um, she had, um, in, um, the Velvet Rope album and the first single, 
don't know what was it don't know what you got till it's gone got till it's gone got, is it got to yeah it's like not yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so she had q-tip you know she had q-tip on that um she's done stuff with buster rhymes i mean and and did it flawlessly like people when that came out like even though she's janet jackson and she's highly exalted she can get on a track with buster rhymes and kill it and have everybody singing it as many artists are long term. They kind of get stuck in their mold and they're not able to do that. And I feel like Janet has constantly been able to evolve her sound, her sound. Some of her most famous collaborations, uh, she did a song with Luther Vandross yes. on, on a soundtrack to yeah. a movie. I don't uh, know if that's one of her most famous. Uh, some of her famous collabor collaborators. Okay. <laughs> uh, Luther Vandross, uh, mm -hmm. she did a song with him from a soundtrack. Uh, best things in life free. Mm -hmm. uh, she did a collaboration with um, uh, not only Q-Tip but also Blackstreet. Yes, the remix. Uh -huh. Hello, boyfriend. What's up, girlfriend? Uh, the remix with with Blackstreet was I get so lonely. Yes. Um, and then she did even in her later years or in her later recording years, she did a collaboration with J. Cole, mm -hmm. proving your point that she did say relevant with the street. She yeah. kept her ear to the street. Nelly too. She did a track with Nelly. Did a track with Nelly. Now, some of her influences, as we go back to hard facts, uh, of course, Michael and Jermaine. Thank you very much. Michael ain't care for him, but Janice said she, he was one of her influences. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Uh, as we mentioned briefly, uh, Joni Mitchell was <laughs> also one of her major influences. That's where she got the sample for Got Till It's Gone. Uh, Tracy Chapman, uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Mm -hmm. Which okay. is in Rhythm uh, that they She took a part of that song for Rhythm Nation. All right. Yeah. And we got, of course, Stevie Wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the famous Prince was mm -hmm. one of her influences. Yes. Shaka. Minneapolis. Shaka. Diana Ross. Uh, Tina Marie. And Tina Turner. So those are just some of the people that she look to mm -hmm. to help craft you know her her, her, her song styles yeah uh, and so i think that that's pretty good now all right now you mentioned control a lot yes. all right but there's 11 albums sorry so uh -huh. is that your favorite janet jackson album no so that was my i feel like it's, it's it's a warm place in my heart because that for me was the album that made me a fan mm -hmm. at 11 years old it made you do the snake it made me do the snake yeah. <laughs> But my favorite is Rhythm Nation, eighteen fourteen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what was it about that album that helped you find your consciousness, uh, ma'am? Well, first of all, she had a visual album, like she, you know, for before Beyonce did like a bunch of videos and packaged it as as a movie. Uh, she did it with eighteen fourteen. She had four songs um, that was released in a like a mini movie, and it had the guy, uh, the the kid from uh, I think his name's Tyron Turner from uh, Minister Society. Mm -hmm. But when he was younger, he was one of the boys in the movie um, who uh, his friend gets shot, and it's about violence and about the state of the world and all this, this stuff. But Rhythm Nation um, got me through kind of a, a, a tumultuous time. I was trying to to find peace mm. and I would listen to it over and over and over and over. And again, I had the tape. So the, um, for this one, I had the tape, the cassette tape. So, you know, I would unfold it, all the lyrics, I would read her thank yous. I would read all of the shout outs. I would read who engineered and who did this and who did that. 
Um, so yes, Rhythm Nation to this day is my favorite album. Could you explain to the audience what a cassette tape is? <laughs> no. No? No, no. just go. But I, I am, you know, I'm in my mid-40s, and mm. I will say it's something that we used. <laughs> I, I, I am too young to know what that is. I don't I don't okay. know what you are talking about, okay. but we will take your word for mm -hmm. it. Because you know you, what you feel is. like, well, now that's not fair. That's not fair. Now let's talk Janet, like just talk Janet history, right? So she was definitely an artist, right? She was definitely a singer, and, and you, you've said how she's affected you uh, growing up. How she affected you with your consciousness, with your growth, right? So, but Janet, Janet is multi-talented. Uh, she's definitely also an actress. Mm -hmm. It's called actor now. They don't like to do the gender terms, so it's actor. So, uh, what do you take from that part of Janet Jackson? Well, my favorite show of all times is a show called Good Times. It is my favorite. I've watched every episode. I pretty much know the dialogue, even the post James episodes that I don't like as much. And she uh, was on the last few seasons of that. Does the seasons you don't like? The seasons I don't like, but oh. I like, there was one season in between her coming on and James uh, dying off. Or whoa, whoa, spoiler alert, spoiler okay. alert. I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> that, people know that. That I did not like. I did not like at all. But I like. But then she was introduced as a character in the season after that, and loved it. And so she was Millicent, um, and she was uh, an abused little girl that lived uh, in the building. And the Evans family, along with Wilona Woods, mm -hmm. uh, came along and helped her. And then Wilona adopted her. And uh, so yeah, little Penny. Uh, that's her best acting to me. Is really? When she was, yeah, when she was Penny. Now, she's done a lot of other things. She's done poetic, I mean, uh, we've, we've, well, she's, she's on different strokes and fame. Fame. Yes, but poetic justice was her first film. Yes. Good Times is, is my, is my favorite. So you're saying that like grown up Janet in those films were not as good as I'm, little Janet. I'm not Janet. saying that. I'm saying my favorite. This is my favorite. I'm not saying something is not as good. I'm saying I, because Good Times is my favorite like thing ever mm. and she was a part of that 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 is what i most enjoy with her all right well you're not gonna get out of this what is your favorite janet jackson film that she's done film uh i would i would have to say poetic justice really mm -hmm. i would have to say because i know she's she's done how, why did i get married and why did i get married too and then she did four colored girls the four colored girls um but i would say that it would have to be poetic justice mm. Mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. What was it about that character that you related with? Well, first of all, her braids were just slamming. Don't pull really? just braids. I just loved her. Like literally people still say, they call them yes, poetic they justice are braids. poetic justice braids. Like you can go to any black hair like salon and say, give me the poetic justice special. And they will know. They don't need to see a picture. Like they know it's the big box braids, right? That are kind of big and square, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was her hair. But believe it or not, I it's kind of weird. I, I know film critics don't agree, but I kind of like the weird chemistry that she had with Tupac. Mm. Like the character that she, you know, I like that weirdness. And then I like like Regina King. And her had some 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 scenes together, um, which were actually good. Like they were good scenes. They were very dramatic scenes, and yeah. I felt like she did a good job. 
Um, so yeah, Poetic Justice is my favorite film of hers. So with all of that, with the totality of her career, the ups, the downs, started when you were 11, now you're here, right? So what did Janet Jackson as a whole, what does she mean to you as a person, as an artist? Like, what is it about Janet that makes you go, yeah? She's a strong, black, beautiful woman. I feel like she's never strayed away from that. I think that she's always given us, you know, power, powerfulness. Like if you look at for what have you done for me lately when she was still in her mid twenties. You just go time. You're gonna yes, bring up that song yes, again. Okay, yes. Okay. To Rhythm Nation, to reclaiming her sexy, um, and that's the way love goes, to velvet rope and exploring depression and exploring different things that go on in relationships. I feel like she has not been the most vulnerable person, but she's allowed that vulnerability in her music. I feel like she also taught me uh, something that I, I look up to her is that she's multi-passionate. I'm a multi-passionate person. You know, I have my day job, but then I'm also passionate about social media and passionate about other things. And, you know, growing up, I kind of was taught, OK, you got to do one thing. Like you do one thing for 50 years and you retire and then whatever. But Janet, she was an actress. She was a singer. She was a dancer. She was a philanthropist. Like we can just go on and on. And so she taught me um, that you can do you can be good at more than one thing. And you can you can do and try more than one thing and be successful at more than one thing. So those are all lessons, all things that. I got from her, but coming up in the time in the eighties and nineties, there wasn't, Janet was the top. Like she was, she was the pinnacle of uh, black girl magic. And uh, I'm very thankful to her. Now we talk about Janet being a private person but we knew about some of her suitors, her mm -hmm. her partners, if you will. Uh, so we know, like, listen, I, I did a little deep dive, and I'm in a big deep dive, because if I did, I probably, it would just blow my mind. Uh, she had rumored relationships with Matthew McConaughey. Yes, that's um, true. You know, she, of course, we know she was married to James DeBarge. Yes. Uh, not even, how long? Do you know how I long? I think like three months. Three months. Uh -huh. It was annulled. They wow. weren't even married long enough to get a divorce. It was annulled. And then the Renee guy, Renee Elizondo. Yes, El they were married for yeah Elizondo. Okay. They were actually married for many years. Like when I say many, I think between seven and ten. Um, and then when they were divorcing, that's when we found out that they were married. So she kept that very under wraps. But she also had you know some little forays into the Robert De Niro's of the world. Mm. Yes, um, the Bobby Browns of the world. Okay, all right. <laughs> yes, that is, that is true. Uh, now it's not as it's it did not play out the way it played out in, in Bobby's movie and in his book, oh, but it. they did have they did have uh, a relationship. Janet during her time, she was you know it was Whitney and Janet. That was that was it. So all the fellas either wanted Whitney or they wanted Janet or like Bobby they wanted both. Yeah. So so you know she she had her pick at one time of of, of any man that she wanted, and I dare to say she might still. You know, there's still some men, some men in our age group that probably would love to have a night. No, your age group because you're you're older than me. Now, um, no, yeah, one wish. of one of her more one of her more public relationships was was with the president and founder of Social yes, Death, uh, Jermaine. Jermaine Dupri. Yes. Shocking on some levels, uh -huh. but really not because he was a mogul 
already, yeah. right? So maybe that's what attracted her to him. Of course, you know, him to her because she's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but she let that play out a little bit more in the public eye than her other relationships. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that is? Well, I think that, that number one, um, she, she kind of got some backlash, right? For, okay, you're getting a divorce and now we found out that you're married and you, you know, you know, you hid this and, you know, it was almost like, you know, a man hides it. It's okay. A woman hides it. You know, it's, it's looked on differently. So I think that coming out of that relationship and getting in with Jermaine, I think that she wanted to be um, a little more out there to where um, it wasn't so secretive. And I think that she liked being uh, matched with Jermaine because like you said, he was a mogul. And at that time he was at the peak, you know, confessions was that like, he was that go-to producer. Um, and, and, and they, they paired well together, despite what some people, uh, said or thought like a wine and cheese, <laughs> they yeah. paired well, yeah, they paired, they paired well, okay. well together. Right. And from what I understand and what I've read, like they, she, this was not like a, a on the surface relationship, like they were together together. She would spend time with his daughter. Um, you know, they talked about, you know, getting married and starting a family. Like they had an actual real relationship. And even though maybe we looked at it like, wow, she could do so much better. He made her happy for a time. Um, so I just think that she wanted to be out there a little bit more because, um, she she got backlash from keep being so secretive before but also it was it was also at the brink of what happened at the super bowl and i think that she also wanted or needed somebody that had her back and he was very vocal about what he didn't like about that and i think that she was like finally i have somebody who has some clout you know uh speaking up for me and that's sexy. Like I need more of that in my life. I know you mentioned it uh, briefly, but we, we can go back to that. Uh, Super Bowl 38, uh, February, 2004. Now what, what I will say before we get into that a little bit, that what another one of her rumor relationships was with one Justin Timberlake. Mm -hmm. Of course that was before uh, that took place. And, and so for people who don't know, again, it must be under a rock, but if you don't know what happened at the Super Bowl, uh, Janet performed alongside Justin Timberlake. Uh, they were at the final note of the song and Justin, she says this was choreographed. He was supposed to rip a part of her, her top uh, off and, and exposed her breast. Um, and she received a lot of backlash for that while he went, uh, mutually unscathed mm -hmm. uh, by the situation. And what compounded it was that he did not uh, speak up for her. That's correct. And it, it made her lose uh, some gigs, uh, most notably at the Grammys the next mm -hmm. week. Uh, so how do you think that affected her image, that, that boob exposure? Boob gate. The boob gate. Uh, and it's one of those things where you knew where you were. Like yes. you, you knew where you were when you saw that. Uh, I was watching the Super Bowl. It was halftime, and you know it was like. So what do you, what do you? How do you think that affected her image? It affected her image greatly. And I know that um, you know out of all the things that I'm sure she's had to deal with, being a Jackson family member, right? Uh, that probably was the most scandal that she had ever been a part of. Um, 
I I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, my daughter was born in February. That was was that in February? Or yeah, January? it was February. So it was. I think I think I was like in my. I had her February seventeenth. So I think that was like a week or two before I actually had her. So I was on the couch ready to like give birth. And I remember looking like. Did it make you go in labor when you saw did her? Did not boob? make me no. Go okay. Because I didn't have her till. I'm just saying. Weeks you know. Later, but I, I remember saying, "Oh my gosh!" Now I want to preface this by saying, and you know this. At one time, I was a very big Justin Timberlake fan as well, right? So I was a very big Janet fan and very big Justin Timberlake. You were very big. Very big. Okay. Very, very sorry. Whatever. I'm sorry. Okay. You know, because you know berries are good. <laughs> yeah, I was a huge fan the, of both. The strawberries. <laughs> I was a huge fan of both. Yes. And blueberries. It was. I'm sorry. It was uh, yes. it was hard because if you know there were so many different things being said and was it was it planned was it not planned? We all know now many years later that this was something that was done on Justin's watch and she took the fall for it and I know that he has apologized to yeah. her. Um and uh, I don't like how it played but yes, it severely if that hadn't happened and not saying that Jan is still an icon. Like I think now everyone looks back on that and they know they know where where the blame should be. But at the time, it was the other way around. Um, but was it was it that way for you? I didn't know because I was a fan of both of these people, right? And I'm gonna be honest, I was pregnant and I was trying to get my house ready for a baby. So I really wasn't like it. Really wasn't a as big of a deal to me because I had other things going on. I just didn't understand. I didn't know. I didn't know what had happened. It was very weird to me. I do know that Janet, you know, um, is, is likes to be sexy. And so I didn't know if it was something that she orchestrated on her end. And then I heard that Justin orchestrated. So I just didn't know. I didn't know. So I just, I continued to like both until later we found out who it was and that since then, I haven't really been rocking Justin music anymore. I don't really, really rock with him like that because of what happened. But um, yeah, I, it it affected her. It really did. It That's interesting. Her. That's interesting. You say that you you use your pregnancy as an excuse for you not to uh, rock <laughs> yeah, rock with a black woman. No, it's fine. It's cool. It's cool. You, no, I didn't rock. You, I just you, didn't little, know. You know, you know I'm not, undecided. I'm saying, you know. Okay, I'm so. saying I did not know, but I didn't have a lot of time to find out because I had other things going on. All right, I'm gonna I'm let you know that you know that you're using her as a scapegoat for. Uh, <laughs> you can. She knows. Not canceling a uh, Justin Timberlake right <laughs> away after that happened. But, all right. So anyway, is there any more that you think people should know? About Janet Jackson as 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 it pertains to your life. As it pertains to my life, she's she's definitely in my top ten artists of all time. Uh, she's definitely someone that I still listen to to this day. Like I still listen to Control. I still listen to uh, Rhythm Nation. I was actually listening to Rhythm Nation last week. Mm. I actually watched the short film she did and okay. I listened to the album. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's still getting play. Um, I still, I own Poetic Justice. Actually, I own the movie. I could watch it whenever I want. And I probably watch it once every six or seven months or so. So she's, I'm still a huge fan. Um, Janet for life. I love her. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for what she has given us. We are so not deserving of her, um, but she's dope still. And I love that she became a mother. Um, you know, it was something that I never thought she would do, and and she 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 did. She became a mom, and I'm glad that she's able to to um, experience that. 
Okay. So I feel like now we should get into the categories. Uh, at the end of each episode, we'll do some categories. They'll mostly be the same, but it's going to help us to really just like, like put everything in perspective, right? So, all right, the first category, greats versus crates, all right? Now, this is a, this is a place where I, I say my favorite charted song uh, by an artist, and you go digging in the crates a little bit and say what's your favorite album track, the one that might not have gotten as much much spin mm -hmm. as the ones that, now for me, it's a toss up between two songs. Like, so I go back to the Control album with one of them, cause I love When I Think of You, right? That's one, of, actually there's three songs, but I'll, I'll name all three, cause you know, this is a Janet episode. When I Think of You was my first uh, favorite Janet Jackson song. And then of course, All Right, uh, which fe featured the remix with Heavy D. Right, one of my favorite hip hop artists of all time, um, and then the the third song is "Love Will Never Do Without You." One of my favorite Janet Jackson songs. I love the remix. I love when they they pull the vocals and and you know it's just isolated vocals. I feel better when I have you near me, cause no other love around has quite the same. Like you do, 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 babe. They said it wasn't last. We had to prove them wrong. Cause I've learned in the past that love would never do without you. So, those are my three songs that I love from Janet Jackson. Now, so when we come to you, what are songs that didn't get probably as much play as those three? that you love from her as a Janet Jackson fan? So from the Control album, I have to say Funny How Time Flies When You're Having Fun. Um, it's a sensual song. Um, Let's Wait a While was the single, uh, her slow single, but Funny How Time Flies is just, it's its perfection on wax. I just love it. Um, from Rhythm Nation 1814, is there's a track called Lonely. Um, and that song is before Come Back to Me, which was a single. And Lonely kind of described um, uh, her telling a friend that she'll be there when 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 they need them. And um, I love uh, it's it's just it's it's a it's a beautiful song um, from <laughs> the Janet album. There's this uh, Caribbean style song that I always play. It's one of my favorites of all time of hers. And it's um, called um, The Body That Loves You. Okay. And it's very uh, kind of cha-cha-cha. It's like a slow one, two, cha-cha-cha. You're a Janet fan, an ultimate Janet fan. That's a deep cut. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, it's on any slow mix that I make, the body that loves you is on that slow mix because it is that dope. She stole that from Tito. That's what Tito was singing to his kids. Those are his Spanish lullabies um, from back in the day. All right. So um, those are your, your album cuts. Very good. That was, that was very good. You took people a little deep into the, into the you know discography. All right. Now. A couple more. 
your crew sauna. Let's say we're going on a trip to the mountains, right? Let's say we got eight hours ahead of us, no AC in the car. What is your crew song? What Janet Jackson song would you play while we're in the car driving? So it's another kind of deep cut, although it was a single, but it was from her Best Of album. It's called Runaway. Um, it's on the her Design of a Decade album. And actually, it was supposed to be a duet. It was supposed to be her and Michael. Mm -hmm. And it was either do Runaway or it was Scream. And so they chose Scream, or he chose Scream. But Runaway, she loved, so she ended up just recording that herself. And the video is really cute. She goes to all these different places. But Runaway, it's a mid-tempo. Um, it's cute. Um, it shows her blunt sheet. She's known for doing her own background vocals. And it's got the whole blending of her. Ooh, sha, sha. Everybody knows if you know that song. You know the ooh, sha, sha. Yeah, I could definitely listen to that for a whole car ride. It is it is a great song. Um, your favorite lyric from Janet Jackson songs? I, I said one of them, and it's, uh, what have you done for me lately? Like no, That's not, okay. Yes, it's a lit. Is that not a lyric? She says it in the song many times. Well, I'm not saying she doesn't say it in the song, but you know, a lyric is something like, you know, you could, you could, you could put out a sentence. A lyric is what's on the lyric sheet, and that was on the lyric sheet. So, so that's your favorite? I will say it's one of my favorites. That's one that sticks out because I used to say it so much. Um, and it's a, applicable <laughs> a lot of times, even to this day. Um, let's see what else. Whew. No, uh, that's the one. And that could be the oh, one. Oh, I thought we were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Next category is Janet Jackson on your music, Mount Rushmore. As much as I love jdj and i love her i cannot put her i cannot put her on there okay but she's on my honorable mention right you said she's your top 10 yes but not top four no okay. i'm I, ugh, no there's nothing wrong with that, that. I, but i'm being honest to the people right. roger like i hate saying that but i don't want to be fake and phony she is not in my top four what is to everyone what is janet jackson's legacy I'd say that Janet's legacy is to continue to push through to your greatness um, because she had several false starts and she could have easily said, you know what, this is not for me. I'm just going to go. I'm a Jackson, so I'm going to have money regardless. But she, she wanted to prove herself and that tenacity, that determination, that discipline. One of her albums is called Discipline. Like she, that's her legacy, um, pushing through obstacles, pushing through negative press, you know, because of a Super Bowl incident and pushing through negative things about your family, about your brother um, and keeping it on the music. I think that that's what her legacy is going to be and creating a style that to this day is unmatched. Okay. That's it. Uh, this has been the Janet Jackson episode of Trouble Without a Pause. Uh, over there is... Danielle Little. And, and you know, I'm, I'm Will. Uh, so I'm, I'm just here to ask the questions. 
Uh, we'll be back with more of your favorite human beings as artists and as people. We want to humanize them and then tell you what we love about them. So you got anything to say before we go? I, I think I hate Justin Timberlake. <laughs> like I'm getting mad thinking about it. <laughs> you want to send him back in the woods, the man in the woods? <laughs> oh, he's terrible. Okay. <laughs> well, clearly there won't be a Justin I didn't even watch that movie he, he did. You watched it. Yeah, yeah. It was a Palmer yeah. or something. Was... My, my closing thought is that he's terrible. Okay. And, and, and uh, if I never hear, you know, uh, I can't listen to Cry Me River anymore, so... All right. Um, and we're done. <laughs> Peace out, y'all.